0: Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we continue our 2020 positional primer discussing the running backs. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by Bailey Adams. You can find everything that we're doing over at bucksnation.com, and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On bucks, at jyarco underscore bucks, at Bailey J Adams 22, and at bucks underscore nation. Bailey, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing
1: very, very well right now. LSU Tigers are the national champions. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night and struggled through my day at work, but. Here we are. I'm excited to talk about some running backs today with you, James.
0: Yeah, I uh, I went to bed. Let's see. The last thing I remember physically watching was the missed field goal. Oh, and wow. then as I was trying to go to sleep, I heard LSU score another touchdown. Apparently, there was some big kerfuffle. Shout out, Ren, um, about a really, really bad offensive pass interference call that cost Clemson. A touchdown and also cost all the overbetters a lot of money. <laughs> uh, I saw the play, that was a bad call, but yeah, it, I don't think it it changed the outcome of the game. I'm really excited for LSU. I'm happy that they won the national championship. I'm excited for my buddy Bailey. However, um, Bailey, I don't know if you saw in the group chat, I no longer support Joe Burrow. Um Very upset with him because somebody dug up an old tweet of his where he called Skyline Chili trash and it upset me a lot.
1: I'm surprised you're just now seeing that because I've seen that tweet brought up plenty of times over the last few months. And I know a lot of people are not on your side and they're saying, yeah, if he wasn't the number one pick before, he definitely is now. So I don't know. I've never had Skyline Chili. I've never, never been up there, never even come close to it. So I have no opinion on it. But I know it, it seems very divisive.
0: Cincinnati chili is the Jameis Winston of foods. There are two camps. Okay. Well, yeah, there's two camps. There's those that love it, and there's those that hate it. Now, within the camp of those that love it, there are two more camps. There are Skyline people, and there are Gold Star people. Now, when Evan and I covered the Bucks Bengals game in 2018, the lunch given to us by the Bengals was gold star chili. I am not a fan. I am a skyline person, but the way that you have to understand how Cincinnati chili works is it is not chili. The way most people understand chili. It is not a hearty thick soup. It is a topping. It is a very thin runny chili that you put on top of hot dogs and around here, people put it on spaghetti. So it's like noodles, only instead of marinara, you're using this chili, and then you mound up about seven pounds of cheese. Not a big fan of that either. I like the chili dogs. Who doesn't love a chili dog?
1: Everyone but I like chili dogs.
0: And Skyline has the habanero cheese, which I'm all in on habanero cheese. But anyway, that's the... I- Oh, go I ahead. will
1: say, I will say when you said the, that uh, Cincinnati food is the Jameis Winston of foods, I did not know where you were going with that. I was like <laughs> in my in my head, I was like, how can how can food <clears throat> throw touchdowns and also a bunch of interceptions? How can it be like two things at once? I, I was really confused, but I'm glad we got that cleared up.
0: Yeah, it's just divisive. I got gotcha. you. You know, that's <laughs> like you and I were discussing beforehand. I was. Uh, a hero to a lot of people for my Jameis Winston column I was also a public enemy number one for for some and even went so far as to have somebody tell me that I obviously have never watched a Buccaneers game
1: how do you write about them that's that's pretty impressive
0: yeah I mean how how did I get credentialed to to cover them how did yeah. If I've never watched them, then I've given DirecTV a lot of money for the last <laughs> decade um, for no apparent reason. But anyway, I digress. Uh, yes, we are here to talk about the running backs. We are doing, continuing our 2020 positional primer. And running backs, Bailey, are going to be a big topic because we've seen now what NFL teams can do with a running game. And I, I mentioned it in my column. Shout out Steven Beck. I I know you were not a fan of that portion, but the facts are the facts. The top five passing teams in the NFL did not make the playoffs. The top five running teams in the NFL did. You have a Tennessee Titans team getting ready to play in the AFC championship because what did they do? They pounded the ball down New England's throat, and then down Baltimore's throat. In order to succeed in the NFL, you have to be able to run the ball and you have to be able to stop opposing teams from running the ball. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Yes, the analytics talk about, you know, it's a passing league. You have to pass the ball, yada, yada, yada. When it comes down to it, you still have to be able to pound the rock and the teams that do that the best and the teams that do that the most efficiently are the ones we are still seeing competing in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean to that point, I mean we've seen for the past few years the Bucks have a top 5 passing offense and have haven't even sniffed the playoffs because their run their run their rushing offense has been near the bottom of the league. I think if they were even middle of the pack running the ball in the last few years, I don't know if we would have seen the playoffs, we would have seen a few more wins, I think. Cause how many how often have we seen Jameis Winston go out there, throw the ball fifty times, and then we have 15, 15 runs for I don't know, thirty-three yards. Like there's 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 been just that that's one aspect of it. And then just think about like you said, what did what did Tennessee do? They just gave the ball to Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill in the last two games hasn't thrown for over a hundred yards, he threw for seventy-two and eighty-eight in the first two playoffs. He completed more than fifteen of his passes in either either game. So, I mean, yes, you are going to have to be able to throw the ball. You are probably gonna have to be able to throw the ball better than Tannehill's been doing over the course of a season. But the analytics, all that about oh, running the ball is not important—it's very clearly important. And you know, the, the Bucks, I think, have learned that harder than anyone over the past few years. And it's something they have to fix going going into twenty twenty.
0: Yeah, exactly, and and when you have a running game the way the Titans have one in Derrick Henry, look at the teams that they've gone against. Look at the team that they are about to face this weekend. You're facing Tom Brady, and no, the Patriots' offense isn't what it has been, but you're still talking about Tom Brady and the New England Patriots in the postseason. What did the Titans do? They dominated the time of possession. They dominated the the you know, the field position, and they kept Tom Brady neutralized because of Derrick Henry. Same thing with the most electric player in the NFL in 2019 and Lamar Jackson. He cannot make plays if he can't get on the field, and the Titans defense is so good and so fast that when Lamar was on the field, they were able to neutralize him. You have to run the ball. You have to play sound defense, and what, what is Lamar Jackson's biggest attribute? Same thing as Michael Vick. He can throw the ball. There's no question about it, but he beats you with his legs because he can make you look completely stupid. So what do the Titans do? They stop the run. They take away that portion of Lamar Jackson's game, and they win on the road. So the Bucks, as as much as we like some of these players on the Bucks roster, there is zero question that there is room for improvement. And Bailey the running backs that the Buccaneers currently have. You obviously have your Ronald Jones, the team's leading rusher. You have Peyton Barber, who is going to be a free agent. This was the final year of Peyton Barber's contract, but we are going to discuss him a little bit. You have everyone's favorite in in Agun Bawale. Uh, Chef Aaron, I know he's your favorite player on the team. Uh, Wanted to give you a quick shout out there. On the futures list, uh, I'm gonna butcher this poor guy's name, but he's out of USC. Um Ware. where? Again, I'm sorry. You're probably not a a, a listener of the podcast, Ware, But I, I'm, yeah, that's the best I can do for you. And then, of course, on the um, on the injured reserve list or the reserve injured list, however you want to say it, is TJ Logan. So. No, Nobody that I mentioned is going to put the fear of God into opposing defenses. Ronald Jones obviously will be back, still under his rookie deal. They have a decision to make on Peyton Barber. But when you take a look at this running attack that the Buccaneers have, that Byron Leftwich likes to lean on until all of a sudden there's like a one-point deficit and then he completely <laughs> ignores it and asks Jameis to throw the ball 60 times, which is Always a great idea. Um, what do you see in in the Bucks running attack, and where do you feel they can get better? Honestly, beyond Ronald Jones,
1: I don't see much. I think Peyton Barber's been a bright spot in the past. This year, I don't. I don't. Know, he aver- averaged three point one yards per carry. He was serviceable, I would say, this year. In you know, six touchdowns a game, I think a lot of goal line carries. Um, you know, I don't. I do like Peyton Barber, but I don't think. Bringing him back and and sticking with with Rojo and Barber as your as your one two is going to do much at all to inspire any kind of spark in the run game next year, um, or I guess this year Agumba you know he can he can be a third down back if if you want I guess I don't think he's a guy that's going to go beyond just playing a role in this team. Um, and then, you know, as far, as far as TJ Logan, I think they just they love him as a return man. I don't know that they're going to get him too involved in the offense. So as far as where they can improve, I mean, I just think they're going to they're going to need to get someone that they can pair with Ronald Jones to to compliment him, to spell him and, and to just get that true two headed monster that they said they had in Jones and Barber. I know Jones and Barber as a as a two headed monster was met with mixed reviews, I guess. Like I said, I mean, Barber didn't have a horrible year. But it wasn't the best. I mean, he had 3.1 yards per carry, 470 yards on 154 carries. And then by the end of the year, Ronald Jones had more carries. Ronald Jones had 172 carries for 724 yards and six touchdowns of his own. So I think they started leaning on Jones a little bit more towards the end, very clearly positioning him to be one of the top guys going into next year. And I think they'll be okay parting ways with Peyton Barber. Um, it just depends on who they like that's out there, whether it's free agency or in the draft.
0: Yeah. And and you think of the, like the 600 yards in touchdown carries that Ronald Jones had called back by DeMar Dotson <laughs> holding penalties. And that'll get shored up when the Bucks, uh, you know, find the replacement at right tackle, whether that's in free agency in the draft. We'll get into that when we do our offensive line primer. Nothing against DeMar Dotson. I, I love Dot. I respect him. He has stuck around this team longer than anybody else when he probably could have gone on and found some success elsewhere. But Age catches up to you, especially in the NFL, and I would love Dotson to, to come back in a depth role. They need to find a replacement along the, the starting offensive line for Dot, but we're not here to talk about the offensive line, even though that will help the run game. We are talking about the running backs, and you mentioned it. You talked about free agents. We all know who I'm going to talk about, Bailey. Here we go, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is my number one choice if the Bucks go the free agent route for running backs. I was advocate. I was an advocate for bringing in Kareem Hunt last year, even with the looming suspension. I pointed out on Bucks Nation at the time uh, Bruce Arians' history with quote unquote troubled players. Yeah, you know, he was the one that took the chance on Tyron Matthew. And Matthew has been nothing short of spectacular and a solid person throughout his NFL career. You take the Kareem Hunt incident. It chased him out of Kansas City. It was a terrible mistake. It was inexcusable what he did. But he has been given a second chance. He did not go completely insane like Antonio Brown and completely flush his career down the drain. He made his... Yeah, he made his apology. He he served his suspension, and he was perfectly fine this past season, but he wasn't utilized. Look, Kareem Hunt in Cleveland, which was supposed to be this amazing offense that was Cleveland, um, he had 179 rushing yards. He had 285 receiving yards, three total touchdowns. I believe one of them was a running touchdown. Two of them were receiving touchdowns. He signed a one-year, $1.1 million contract. So he basically got about $550,000 because he did not get that. It was a prorated $1.1 million. Um, So he only got paid for half the season. So he made a little over a half million dollars. His production in Cleveland does not justify a massive contract. You will be able to get Kareem Hunt relatively inexpensively I'm not saying you're going to get him for $1.1 million per year, but you're looking at maybe the 2 to $3 million a year range because you're paying on that potential that we saw in Kansas City. What Kareem Hunt does for this offense is he does compliment Ronald Jones. He's not the Derrick Henry pound, you know, every person in front of him, you know, power back. What he is is he's a three down back. He is a far more legitimate receiving threat than Ronald Jones is. Although we did see that wrinkle added to Ronald Jones game and it is improving. He is not the passing game threat that, that Kareem hunt is Kareem hunt is also a much better pass blocker. So you can have Kareem hunt on the field on these passing downs. You're not telegraphing what you're doing a la Charles Sims, but you can utilize him in the running game and the passing game just as effectively Most importantly, he's explosive, and we saw some explosiveness out of Ronald Jones. Again, a lot of those were called back because of offensive line penalties, which can really devastate your team, but Ronald Jones is not explosive to the level that Kareem Hunt is. He is a solid all-around back that you can get very inexpensively that immediately increases the threat of this offense. From all angles, I am a huge advocate for Kareem Hunt, and I think he would do this offense wonders.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the type of player he is, absolutely. Um, it all it just obviously comes down to him having his second chance and whether or not he's really he's really changed for that incident. Because, like you said, it was inexcusable. And I mean, I, I'd just say this: is if the Bucks do decide, yeah, he's worth he's worth giving a chance here in Tampa. I would probably just I would trust. Jason Light, I would trust Bruce Arians because, like you said, Bruce Arians has had experience in the past with with trouble players. Obviously, with Honey Badger, it was a little bit different. His was a his was a marijuana thing, I think, and it's sure. it's a lot different in that in that aspect. But I get what you're saying with that, and I think even with with Jason Light, I mean, he drafted Jameis Winston, and I know whatever allegedly went on, whatever allegedly didn't go on, he had that he had that looming over him, uh, regardless of of whether you know not to get into any of that, but he had that reputation about him. He had some stuff coming out of college and Jason Light did the vet, go through the vetting process and gave him a chance. So I think if that comes down to that, if Kareem Hunt becomes a Buccaneer, you kind of just have to trust the, the vetting process that they, they definitely are going to put him through because, you know, this is obviously a lot of money's on the line, a lot's at stake. They're not just going to go, Oh yeah, let's just sign him. He's a good football player. We're not going to even check into his background. So that's that's where I feel like I stand on that, and I, I just want to go back to what you said a little bit about Ronald Jones and him as a as a uh, pass catcher. He did improve a lot this year, and I just kind of want to throw a little more praise his way because if you if you look at it, I, I didn't even really realize this, until so I'm looking at this now, he was over a thousand yards from scrimmage this year. He had the seven hundred and twenty four rushing yards, and he had three hundred and nine receiving yards. Um, I mean, that's a huge improvement over over what we saw from his him as a rookie. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I mean, just I mean, we pretty much saw nothing from him as a rookie. So anything would have been an improvement, but for him to go over a thousand yards um, from scrimmage is is really impressive, and I think it bodes well for for whatever the Bucks do at the running back position because they can get someone and pair with him, and I think they'll have a pretty solid one too uh, back there.
0: Yeah, and and going back real quick before we move on to your point about, you know, Jason Light bringing in Jameis Winston and and the Matthews situation being a little different. Bruce Arians, of course, you know, Matthews is, is probably had the biggest snafu as far as, as trouble just because of that long suspension. But Peyton Manning had his trouble at Tennessee. And, you know, Bruce Arians was an integral part of bringing him into Indianapolis because a lot of the top brass within the Colts wanted Ryan Leaf. And Bruce Arians did some deep diving and, and found out some things about Ryan Leaf and, and told them, you know, you need to drive Peyton Manning for reasons X or, you know, A through X. Um, and Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger, you know, had his issues, too, both at Miami And in Pittsburgh, now the Miami one's not as highly publicized, but, you know, I got stories because my wife just happened to live two doors down from him in the athlete's dorm. And, yeah, Roethlisberger wasn't exactly a choir boy in in college either. So, um, you know, Arians has a history with not only some troubled players or or players that have gotten in trouble, I, I think is the better way to phrase that, but also big names and big egos. They went along with the trouble and being able to still get the best and the most out of them. So, again, something to keep in mind. Um, Bailey, any other free agent running backs that you took a look at and thought would be a great compliment to Rojo? Um, just a couple we talked about a little bit
1: before we went on the air. I know uh, Jordan Howard's out there. He's still, he's still young, and he's still pretty cheap, actually. Um, like we said, I think he's still on his, his rookie contract you know things they they kind of phased him out in in Chicago didn't really know how to use him and then he's pretty much just stuck right now or he was stuck in Philadelphia um so i mean he's an interesting name i know um not necessarily uh a Derrick Henry type but you know Kenyon Drake is is that kind of that bigger bigger back i believe um kind of gives you a little bit more power to, to complement rojo's speed you know, I think he had a little bit of a, a bounce back once he got traded from Miami to Arizona. He's out there. Um, but yeah, I think obviously Derrick Henry, he's, he's probably not, or he's not getting out of Tennessee. Um, unfortunately, I know I've heard you say this is that they could just throw all of Jameis's money at him and, and get him in, in the building. But yeah, unfortunately yeah direct he, snaps every play. Just yeah, Derrick Henry. He's not getting out of Tennessee. And then, uh, yeah. Melvin Gordon's out there, but, um, I don't really I don't know. I don't see that happening necessarily for the Bucks. Um after I mean he missed half was a half of this season, but with yeah. the holdout. And then I mean then he came back and he did he did pretty well. Um from what
0: I from what I remember. Um yeah, I he cost himself a lot of money just because yeah. Eckler was so effective that Melvin Gordon sitting out trying to pull the Le'Veon Bell actually probably hurt him, but I think you're right. I don't see that one in particular happening either because at the end of the day, Melvin Gordon is still going to command a a pretty solid chunk of change, and I think the expense versus production argument comes in, and I think you're going to get more from guys like Kareem Hunt Jordan Howard, possibly Kenyon Drake for the amount of money that you will be able to or be willing to spend on him than somebody like Melvin Gordon, who is a marquee name among running backs.
1: Right. And, and just going back a little bit to to Kareem Hunt, because I think he's you said he's your he's your number one choice. Um, I, I think that's that's definitely something that the Bucks should look into. And I think something that he did well for himself this year was kind of just stay under the radar. Um, mm mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think as far as he was, it was an eight game suspension, was it? Yes. So he's out for the first eight games and he came back and and I think they kind of phased him in a little bit um, with with Cleveland and Cleveland, but didn't really hear too much about him, um, especially off the field. I mean, you heard a little bit just on the field, he was back, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you didn't hear anything about him off the field. So, yeah, I think he did. He did well for himself in that aspect, um, especially with with all the talk and all of the the hoopla around what happened um, back then it's, it was good to, to just kind of see him not get his name back in the news for any reason. Um, you know, like I said, if, if they go through the vetting process and, and decide, yeah, I mean, this is a guy that he, he did a horrible thing and you know, the NFL is all about second chances um, in a lot of cases, most cases really. So, I mean, that's, I know it's been, it's been an argument even back then. It was, well, he's going to get a second chance somewhere. Why shouldn't it be in Tampa? So, I mean, if they go through, go through that process and decide that, you know, he's a guy that's that's changed since that incident and, and he can come in and help his football team, I think it makes a lot of sense as far as cost-effectiveness and as far as production is concerned.
0: Absolutely. All right, Bailey, let's look ahead a little bit to the draft and some of the names to pop out. A very popular name, especially following the national championship game, is going to be Travis Etienne. Uh, out of Clemson. I like him a lot. You're talking about a running back that led all of college football in most yards before first contact with five. Um, now, a couple of things play into that, in my opinion. Obviously, if if you're going five yards before you're touched for the first time, that, that bodes really well for the line is line. The other thing that plays into it is, the ability for ETN to hit the holes so quickly that he gets to the second level so fast. And that's where some of those yards come in. Obviously, you know, the Bucs offensive line, not the greatest, but also not the worst. I think they get a little more criticism and a little more hate than they probably deserve. And I think addressing right tackle is going to help a lot on the, you know, the overall, because again, David and I've talked about it a lot. All five of those positions have to play in unison. A lot of times, you know, we're blaming Donovan Smith or Ryan Jensen for, for this or that when it may not have been their fault. Um, so the, the offensive line is a, it's a whole nother animal, but ETN is going to be a very popular name because of his explosiveness, because of, again, a lot like Kareem Hunt, because of his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, his, his vision is incredible. And uh I have to I have to mention it. It makes me upset. J.K. Dobbins. (laughs) He's good. He's so good. But I don't want to have to root for a buckeye. (laughs) I think I
1: was just thinking as you were talking about ETN there, I was thinking about J.K. Dobbins and thinking about how disappointed David was gonna be. I think he's gonna be disappointed already that we got this far into the episode and hadn't mentioned his name yet.
0: I think uh, he's going to be impressed that I'm the one that brought his name up first.
1: Yeah. I'm actually kind of impressed too. Cause I was, <laughs> I was actually, that was where I was headed next. And then you, you went ahead and did it. I was like, Oh, he's actually going to talk about him. I was, I was a little taken aback by that.
0: I, I did at one point in my life own a Joey Galloway Jersey. So there is that I can get past the Ohio state thing, but for somebody like Michael Thomas, who goes from Ohio state to the saints, like they to grow exponentially. I mean, getting
1: getting past where someone went to college once they get in the NFL. What a concept that is, right? Never, never heard of such a thing. Yeah, we, I mean, we, we won't get into that. We
0: won't get into it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I I talked about ETN for a little while. Why don't you dive into to what you like about J.K. Dobbins?
1: Um, pretty much everything. I mean, the dude's just just explosive. He's he's so much fun to watch, and I think he would add an extra dimension to this to this team, um, to this offense in a way the Bucks haven't really seen in a while. I know the last time the Bucks had a a really good run game, you can go back to 2015 was the last year that Doug Martin really really broke out, and even then, I mean, Doug Martin had a really really good year, good year that year, and he had a good rookie year a few years before that. But they haven't had a running back like J.K. Dobbins. Um, I mean, obviously. We're talking about what he did in college, and we'll see. I don't see why there's any reason anything should change in the NFL. But yeah, I mean, there's just there's not much to dislike about Dobbins. Um, definitely, definitely someone that's going to be on a lot of Bucks fans' radar. Probably on the Bucks radar too. It just depends on on where he's going to get drafted because obviously they, they they ain't taking a running back at 14. Um, will they take one in the second round? I mean, we'll we'll have to see. I I personally, right now, I, I could see them doing so. Um, depending on what happens in free agency, but you know you kind of get you kind of get um into weird territory there with how teams value running backs these days. Because as as good as Dobbins is, and as good as a guy like Jonathan Taylor is, are those guys going to be available when the Bucks pick in the second round? It's hard to say.
0: Yeah, well, and and then you had um, you had Hubbard out of right. Oklahoma State. He is coming back to school, so obviously that's one one less running back in the draft pool to be able to choose from that'll affect things a little bit in in the the way players are selected but you start looking at some of these players that that'll slip possibly into late day 2 early day 3 you know, you have Cam Akers out of Florida State uh who's probably going to go in the third you have um you have Najee Harris out of Alabama a, a massive human yeah, you know, another guy that could slip all the way into day three, um, Scotty Phillips out of, out of Ole Miss. There's plenty of guys out there as there always is, but you, you have to look at some of these players a little differently. You don't need another Ronald Jones. You don't need another Peyton Barber. What you need is somebody like a Dobbins, like an ETN. Yeah. I, I I don't think uh Jonathan Taylor or or DeAndre Swift are going to be options. They're going to go way too high for where the Bucks are looking to potentially take a running back. But you you know they're not all created equal, is what I'm trying to say. So you have to find the guy that fits the mold of what the Bucks need to do and really can't currently and and figure out. Who's going to be the best for them in that situation?
1: Absolutely. I mean, there's there's going to be a ton of names out there, like you said, and I know we just talked about separating college allegiances from what happens in the NFL. But I'm going to forget I said that for a few minutes here. I'll throw, out, <laughs> I'll throw out two more names for you, and they are both directly tied to the teams that I follow at the college level. And the first one we just saw um, national championship game it was Clyde Edwards-Helaire, who. I didn't include in my prospects to watch only because I wasn't going to throw a bunch of people out there and I wanted to do two LSU guys, two Clemson guys, but man, Clyde, this season was, was outstanding. Um, Man. He rushed for uh, 14, over 1400 yards, 16 touchdowns and showed a lot as a receiver too. 453 yards um, on 55 catches. I mean, just a, just a weapon dude's like, he's just a bowling ball. I mean, I know someone in the comment section actually compared him to Doug Martin, and from that point on in the game, I was just watching him as if it was doug martin, I was like man i I can see it a little bit um so yeah, I mean that's a guy that he's he's listed at five eight two oh nine um and it, you know if you don't like yeah. if you don't like that size, you're gonna probably really really not like the next guy i'm gonna talk about, which is a guy from my alma mater of u c f um definitely more of a a late day three guy, maybe even undrafted free agent. We're not really sure." where he's going to go, but that's, his name's Adrian Killens. And I want to say he's probably listed at five, nine, but I don't, I don't know if he's five, nine, man. Um, but what he does have, uh, he doesn't have in size. He definitely has in speed. I mean, I think for my one of the fastest guys in college football, uh, the last few years, legit track speed, he could, he could be dangerous as a return man. Um, you know, someone just to keep an eye on a local, not a local guy, but a local as far as the state of Florida is concerned, um, you know, obviously just a biased personal favorite of mine. You know, if he ended up in Tampa, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it. That's for sure.
0: You know, this wouldn't even really be a discussion if when the Bucks traded up in the draft for who we thought was going to be Marlon Mack had <laughs> actually been Marlon Mack. I can't
1: believe that happened. I still can't believe that happened. And what I also can't believe is that you brought you brought up both an Ohio State running back and a Florida State running back on the same show within like 5 minutes of each other.
0: I try to put bias aside. Look at you. I really do. Because we're not we're not talking we're not talking about college allegiances right now. What we're talking about is what is ultimately going to be uh, oh wow. Breaking news on the podcast, which will be old news by time you all hear this. Luke Kuechly has retired. Whoa. Whoa. According to Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter, Luke Kuechly posted a video on the Carolina Panthers Twitter account saying, quote, in my heart, I know it's the right thing to do. And Luke Kuechly has retired. Wow, man, that's sucks uh, for Panthers fans. <laughs>
1: I mean, right now, I mean, that's. I think you're seeing a lot more guys do this. I mean, with the all the concussion stuff and everything, but man, yeah. what a what a player he was, and what a thorn in the Buck side he was, especially considering he could have been a Buck. I think at at some point in the draft, right? I mean, they could have. Yeah, that was they, they took him.
0: Mark Barron over right. Luke Keekley.
1: Yeah, I mean he's 28 years old. That's I mean what a day for the Panthers though. I mean that's so they got Matt Rule last that was last week and then they hired Joe Brady away from LSU as their offensive coordinator and then this comes down. That's that's a conflicting few hours there. It
0: really is, but you know what as many concussions as Luke Keekley has had um you know, it's I understand it. And and I'm happy for somebody like Luke, who played the game so well and was such a force and was so fun to watch, even if it was for uh the, the Carolina Panthers, to have the wherewithal that a lot of players don't to walk away before it's too late and before you're ending up, you know, with decades of just pain and agony and brain trauma um nothing but but respect for that decision um so yeah you know, i wish i wish luke all the best and i'm just i'm really just kind of stunned at at the news um yeah i mean you said it, you said it
1: perfectly i mean that's just that's it's good that that he sees you know before he gets to that point that you know this is the time and I, that's why I, I didn't really get all the criticism and all the the complaints when Andrew Luck hung up the cleats um, before this season. I mean, it's just when these guys, when these guys feel it's right to to hang them up and and you know live their lives with with their health intact, you can't fault them for that. And it's it's definitely, I mean, as as football fans, it sucks because you want to see these great players play for as long as possible. But I mean, obviously, it comes down to they're human beings, and you know if they have their health intact. You know that's the most important thing, so while you know he did uh cause the bucks a lot of problems, um yeah, I'm gonna miss watching Luke Keekley play football
0: because man he was he's an amazing linebacker, amazing football player all right, well, back to what I was saying before we were <laughs> interrupted, when I'm looking at these players for the bucks and in fact, last year for Bucks Nation, when we did our forty prospects in forty days. I can't remember which player it was. It was a corner out of Ohio state. And I specifically made sure that I was the one to do that because everyone knows how much I hate Ohio state. And I wanted to watch him, evaluate him and, come some sort of decision as to what I thought his strengths and weaknesses were by putting his helmet aside. And I think that's really important to do when you're talking about your NFL franchise. It doesn't matter that you're an LSU fan. You're not going to be furious when the Bucks draft somebody from Alabama you know it just you know david wouldn't be furious if the bucks drafted someone from michigan as long as it's the right player for the team once they're a buck they're a buck and that's just how it is now i say all that to say this illinois running back <laughs> reggie corbin is a lot of fun to watch, and I, I highly recommend watching the East-West Shrine game. He will be participating in that. He's another guy, Bailey. He's going to go day three, maybe sixth round, Um, but he's got a lot of upside. He shows a lot of flash. I won't say that his legs are like Saquon Barkley big, but they are like Maurice Jones drew with the Jaguars big mm. like he is a tree trunk. So he is tough to bring down. He can fight for those hard yards and he had a really really solid year at Illinois. I'm excited to watch him participate in that East-West Shrine game. Uh would not be super upset to see the Bucks draft a guy from Illinois because the last time they did that all oh, was that bad. Yeah. Do you remember the last buck that was drafted from Illinois? Vaguely. Aurelius Ben.
1: Oh yeah. His name was escaping me. I know we we talked about him recently, didn't we?
0: Yeah, we did. I know we talked about him on one of the shows because I remember screaming at my TV to trade <laughs> up to draft Aurelius Ben because he was incredible. Oh, and yeah. then he came to the NFL and went full. Hey, we're gonna bring this full circle now because Aurelius Ben went full Michael Clayton. Oh no. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, no. there's there's some skeletons in your LSU bucks closet here too. Okay, but okay, but, uh,
1: but Quan Alexander
0: and Devin White though, right? <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying that all of the players are are that come from Illinois are are bad. No, I just I, that was, I all the that players way. from LSU were bad. <laughs> I had to have something say. to say. <laughs> Because I can't, I can't
1: defend Michael Clayton's tenure in Tampa.
0: No, just like I can't defend Aurelius Benz. Right,
1: it I mean, happens. That, that happens.
0: But you know, the Patriots. Uh, what was it? The Patriots Seahawks Super Bowl. There were um, there were seven players in that game from the University of Illinois, and four of them were on the Patriots. They Illinois may not churn out superstars, but they churn out role players who get rings. Yeah,
1: I mean, just think about it. They went from winning absolutely nothing in college to winning Super
0: Bowls. Exactly. That was unnecessary. I'm sorry about that. But it was true, it was honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Bailey, anything else before we uh before we wrap this one up and and call it a day? No, I don't
1: think so. I just think it's going to be really one of the, it's been one of the understated storylines so far. You know, it's only been, a, I don't know, a couple of weeks in the Bucks off season, but you know, all the talk about keeping the defense together, all the talk about Jameis Winston and the quarterback position. I think what, what happens with the backfield is, is going to be something that is going to be uh, an interesting, an interesting storyline to watch, um, you know, in, the, in free agency and the draft. And then Whoever we see um, in that running back room, it'll be interesting come camp time to see how that materializes on the field.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think maybe it kind of gets lost in the shuffle because we've been having this conversation for four years. You know, the Bucs need to do something at running back. What are they going to do at running back? Oh, they did nothing at running back.